your weekly fix of Asian music. This is Asian Pop Nation. That was your Sobeys into the night, and before that was Dong Kiz's Crazy Night. Welcome to Asian Pop Nation. I'm your executive producer, Senya. We have shout your names, everyone. Les, Woo. Me, John Paul. <laughs> and earlier we had Ben, but unfortunately he's <laughs> left already. So. We've got a new member here to talk all about Asian pop culture and music. Please introduce yourself. Whoa, hey. <laughs> my name is not whoa. I realized that was a bad way to start it out. But hey, my name is Leisha. And yeah, I am a new member to the Asian Pop Nation team. And I'm really excited to be here. Yeah, Yay, it's lovely welcome. to have you. Yay. All right, quick fire questions. So what oh, you doing, boy. Leisha? What what do you do? What has brought you to our little team? Oh, oh boy. I guess, you know, I just wanted to try something out, I guess, kind of out of what I'm currently doing, which is just business. And <laughs> Whoa, completely unrelated. Yeah. Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I, I don't know. I guess I always just, I mean fellow Asian person myself always <laughs> I've always just consumed a lot of like Asian like pop culture content and stuff and I thought it would be really cool to you know sit in room and just talk about it along with like lovely hosts like you guys Aww, <laughs> you flatter us <laughs> yeah it was lovely to have you hopefully everyone can hear some of your thoughts and opinions on some of the topics that we're bringing up today, including the new TV series that's going to be produced about subtle Asian traits, you know, that Facebook group where everyone shares their love for bubble tea. Oh, you um, got to be kidding me. <laughs> <laughs> we're also going to be talking a little bit about Asian Expo Lite, which is the online version of Anime Expo and, yeah, the Cannes Film Festival. So some exciting stuff. So we'll catch you then on the flip side. Now for a song by Taeyeon called The Weeknd. Keep it here on Asian Pop Nation. You're listening to Asian Pop Nation. The first song we played was Taeyeon's Weeknd. After that was a new single by 9mm Parabellum Bullet called Foam. And the last song you heard was Kat and Kamel's song Therapist from their latest album, Life of Mine. And a band that's quite like therapy with their positivity and their good vibes is, of course, BTS. And they've released a new single called Permission to Dance, which Celeste is here to gush about today. Celeste, take it away. Hey, it's Celeste here on APN, and on Friday it was the 9th of July, which is also known as Army Day, for those of you who are BTS fans. And on this day, especially, BTS released a new single, their third official English release, called Permission to Dance. Once again, collaborating with Ed Sheeran. Now, of course, I don't have the APN crew with me, but one day, I swear, I will get them to become armies. One way or another this year, it will happen. But anyway, aside from that, BTS released a song to thank armies for giving them so much love and support. And if you haven't heard the song, definitely check it out. It's up on YouTube right now and also on your streaming services. And the song is about that feeling of once we're free from COVID, that feeling how we're going to celebrate, we're going to dance and, yeah, party with all the people that we love. And the song itself, it's very feel-good, it's, like, super dancey. The only criticisms that I have about the music itself is the vocal mix. Um, I think it was a little too heavily EQ'd to the point where... All the members' voices sounded too similar and I wish they held back on the EQing. 
within the official mix of the song, but their live performance of Permission to Dance was great because you could hear each vocals well within the song. So if you're checking out the song, also check it out live because you also see the full choreography and the choreography itself is super cute. And one thing that I think was super precious about the choreography itself was that it included sign language um, and that tied in with the song title of, you know, Permission to Dance and being all about dancing. They use sign language as a way to express to people who are hearing impaired to also go and dance as well. And I think that it's great that they've used not only audio and speech, but also sign language as a way to bring that message across of going out and celebrating with dance. And it's not something that you usually see in music. And it's unfortunate that deaf people don't get to experience music the same way that I do. But it's amazing to think that BTS has also included this community of people too within using sign language within their choreography. So kudos to them for being so inclusive and supportive and bringing us all together to support this one message of dancing. But overall, look, I don't think it's the best BTS song out there, but it's still a very wholesome song that brings through the message of hope and positivity that we currently need in this time. And so now I'm going to give you that permission to dance with BTS. Let's go. You're listening to Asian Pop Nation. I'm the show's executive producer, Senya. The first song we played in that triple threat was BTS's Permission to Dance. So if you missed that one, their newest single, you should probably check it out as soon as you can. After that was Biba Doobie's Cologne. And the last song we played was King and Prince's Namae Oshiete, which is to tell me your name, because something we would love to know all the names to are the names for the films in the cans. Film Festival, which is currently happening at the moment with some amazing Asian representation and Asian films to boot. But the team is here to take it away. So if you're into the art house movie scene, which is something I like to dabble in a little, you might realize that the Cannes Film Festival is back. Woo! Yay! We love in the art house films. So it's back now because unfortunately it was cancelled due to the pandemic last year and it's been pushed back from its usual May slot to July. And artistic director Thierry Frumont has gathered an impressive array of art house movies and the jury assessing these and other entries will be headed by none other than Spike Lee himself as well as South Korean actor Song Kang-ho who returns to Cannes just after two years since Parasite started its incredible journey to festival honours there. We can't forget how impressive Parasite was back in 2019, early 2020. So another thing that Promote did say was that they didn't have enough Asian films, particularly Chinese films in the competition, but there are still plenty of Asian titles that are being unveiled at Cannes this year, including Belle. So Belle is actually going to be making its premiere at Cannes. We talked about it a bit earlier. It's a new animated film by Mamoru Hosoda, who recently directed Mirai. And then there's also a new documentary about legendary animation director Satoshi Kon called Illusioniste or The Illusionist, which will also be coming to Cannes. So how excited is everyone? Is there any films that you've been eyeing on the festival lineup that perhaps you might want to see? I have to admit, I don't follow anything from the Cannes Film Festival, but the lineup sounds pretty good. Like a lot of Asian films. Yeah, cool. (laughs) (laughs) Asian represent, yeah. There's one that caught my eye. I think it was a Japanese film called Drive My Car. It's an adaptation of a Haruki Murakami 
short story. I haven't actually read the short story that this film is about, but uh, I know the guy. <laughs> that's all. That's yeah, all I know. Yeah. I wonder how they're going to do it because he's very surreal in terms of his story writing. Like, it's really crazy. Yeah, absolutely. Lisha, do you follow Cairns that much? Definitely not. I, I would say I'm probably a bit more mainstream with my film taste. I'm usually like going for, oh, what's the top one trending in the box office right now? <laughs> wow, so basic. <laughs> yeah, oh, to me, guys. Oh, I'm a kid. Hey, old G, I'm basic too. <laughs> yeah. But like, I've like heard of it definitely before because I think it's quite similar to Sundance Film Festival, which Sundance highlights a lot of indie films. I think Minari last year as well was being shown through Sundance. I'm not sure if they were shown through Cannes. Like you said it was canceled, so probably not. But I mean, I'm excited for the Asian rep though. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) We never know. Perhaps there'll be a film from Cannes that does it big time like Parasite did. So fingers crossed. But perhaps, yeah, we'll see whether one becomes a box office hit later in the, the near future. But if you're interested in letting us know what films you're interested in watching from Cairns, let us know on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter, uh, Asian Pop Nation. And if there are any films that perhaps that are mainstream with an Asian or diverse cast that you can let us know as well. And we can add it to the recommendations list. You're tuning in to Asian Pop Nation. The first song we played in that row of three back-to-back songs was Twice's Perfect World. After that was Xiao Xiao Hai, or Little Kid, by Shidai Xiaonian Tuan. And the last song we played was by Japanese girl band Perfume and their song Polygon Wave, because something that we absolutely love and adore here at Asian Pop Nation from Japan is anime. And Ben is here to talk a little bit about AX Live, an anime expo that was happening virtually on the weekend two weeks ago. So, Ben, you have the floor. Last weekend, around like July 4th, they had um Anime Expo, which is um a big anime convention in like that takes place in California, and um had a virtual convention called AX Light. Basically, this Anime Expo um started in 1991 as Anime Con. Then in 1992, they became Anime Expo. The virtual event consisted of like live stream panels and music performances and virtual artist alley with links to artists online stores. If you want to, you can still catch the VODs of like the live streams. So just visit the AX Lite store, the AX Lite website for um, more information on on how to access the VODs. Yeah. Was there anything that you thought was a highlight from what you saw? Anything big news? um, I haven't seen all the panels I wanted to yet because I was saving it. I've enjoyed the ones I've seen so far. I'd say like the highlight of the event is... I would seems would probably be um the anime con 30th anniversary discussion which had the staff from the first anime con in 1991 and then the first anime expo in 1992 um and they were like discussing you know, the history of like behind the scenes and what was really like an interesting like insight into 
interesting like discussion about that. Yeah, and I think we talked a lo- little bit about this earlier, but there was some news of some Star Wars anime series. Ben, were you able to catch that? Yeah, I checked the. They had a panel on like a discussion with some of the people working on Star Wars Visions, and you know, they were talking about like they have like some previews of like the different shorts by the various anime studios, but save that for the next discussion. Yeah, absolutely. So. If you want to let us know about Anime Expo or AX, especially if you've been following along with the discussions and recordings, you can let us know at Asian Pop Nation. We're on facebook.com forward slash Asian Pop Nation and also on Twitter and Instagram. Yo, this is Senya. You're listening to Asian Pop Nation. I'm going to be taking you on a guided tour throughout tonight's show. The first song we played was Yellow Cab by DPR Live. After that was... Ada Shi's or same as before. And the last one we played was Dino Lee's Dream Maker because someone that has been making dreams come true are anime studios and Disney with this amazing Star Wars crossover. So let's hear what the team has to say about this interesting concept. So as I mentioned before with AX Light, they had a panel on Star Wars Visions, which is a series of anime shorts within the Star Wars universe done by different anime studios and basically like fanfics almost. Are they fanfics or canon? Did they did they mention anything about that? I don't know. They just said um they're all like, you know, it's like different characters and settings within the universe. And what I got out of the, out of the panel, they showed like concept art and stuff from all the, the shorts. Because it's like different anime studios are working on each one. My favorite one from what I saw was um, one being done by um, Studio Trigger, which if I had to you know, pick a favorite anime studio, I'd say that they're probably my favorite because I like their um, art style, like ex- exaggerated like animations and expressions and like really like vibrant colors, which they have in one of the two shorts they're doing. And then another one is um, in a different style. I don't really know too much about this myself other than like I'm watching the panel but is anyone a particularly huge fan of Star Wars and anime and interested in this little crossover? I've barely watched any Star Wars. I think the most I can remember is like Rogue One. Like, has anyone here watched that? Rogue One, the yes, Star Wars thing? Yes, I have. Yeah, was that good? I don't remember if it was good. I liked it most out of the recent Star Wars films. Like, that's probably uh, my favorite. Have you watched all of them, Xenia? I have, yes. Oh, are including you Mandalorian. Oh, right. But I don't watch any of the cartoon series. Like, you see them mm. around, but... Yeah, yeah, no, but... I don't. <laughs> I, I did have a friend that's super into it. Like, the Clone Wars, he's really, really into mm-hmm. it. He talks about it all the time. But are you excited about this, Xenia? Uh, <laughs> like, I think it'd be interesting, but I don't... Mm. I'm not as dedicated to Star Wars as some members of the community are. Right. So I think I'll see what the reviews are. And if it's mm. worth my time, I might What if there was a romance within this anime? Then you've, oh, yeah. you've got me on board. I'll just watch that one episode if it's a love story. Heck yeah. Uh, there, yeah, there probably will be. So uh, fingers crossed, you know, fingers crossed. Hopefully there's some lightsaber romance. <laughs> I, don't know, I don't know what that means. Uh, but like... but um, what I wanted to know is like, you can just watch it at any point in the series, right? It's not chronological. It's not like an overarching plot. No, I don't think so. I think it's like every episode is their own self-contained little story. 
So they, I think it's officially called an anthology. You can just pick on one. Um, any other big fans here? I've only seen like the OG Star Wars, but I would be interested in checking out Visions because I like the look of some of the shorts from like what I've seen of the artwork they showed off. Yeah, lots of big names. You have to get Disney Plus to watch it. So then I'll have an excuse to watch all the DCOMs that I've been meaning to watch because I guess like Star Wars Visions is like technically a DCOM. Yeah, so that's Leisha. Any thoughts on Star Wars? Oh, I'll be honest, like, biggest exposure to, like, the Star Wars universe was watching my cousin play Lego Star Wars on, oh. <laughs> on the PlayStation. The greatest and, piece of lore. And I'm like, yeah, I know. And I'm just thinking, like, I don't know if that is enough to give me. I'm like, wow, I know so much about Star Wars now from little block characters running around in the game. Wow. <laughs> no, Leisha's a true fan. exactly guys i'm here i am the true friend saying i am very excited for this show wow (laughs) honestly though i guess if i see it around while i'm checking true shows and stuff i might give it a watch because i am like i'm pretty keen on like the animation style of studio trigger especially so oh yeah everyone's excited for trigger yeah (laughs) i mean the other thing i saw like the trailer and like the art style is just so good so i'm pretty keen on just purely watching it for the art but you know again if there's romance i'ma hop in <laughs> it should be there it should be there celeste do you know anything about star wars um, i've watched all the main films and i kind of don't really care enough oh, but right. as we've mentioned if there's a romance happening <laughs> i'm there all right we got two romance fans all right, that <laughs> big stakes, big stakes. Let's go. <laughs> but yeah, this is quite exciting. I remember. I think the only instance of something like this we've had in the past is probably the Matrix. You guys know what the Matrix is, right? Yeah, they we actually push backwards. Yeah, you know, flying. whoa, bullets, virtual Red reality. Pill, blue pill, yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> reason I mentioned The Matrix is because ages ago, I think after the release, they actually did the same thing called The Animatrix. They had a, I don't know if it was one studio or multiple studios, but they basically just made anime matrix and it was epic. Yeah, pretty sick. So hopefully this goes pretty smoothly. So Ben, where can listeners let us know about their opinions and cool facts? You don't know where can they? Yeah, wow. JP, you're okay there. <laughs> the reversal, my goodness. All right, let us know on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Show us your excitement for Star Wars or your lack of enthusiasm, depending on who you are. And depending uh, on the romance. And depending on whether or not there's romance. All right, <laughs> do you hope there's romance? Do you not? Let us know. This is Senya. You're tuning in to Asian Pop Nation. The first song we played was Beam Beam by Jun Soyeon. After that was Hirai Dai's Chisa Naoka no Konoshita De. And the last song you just heard was Luamel's War. Because right now the internet is at war. At least the Reddit part is about Asian and Western cuisine. And there's also been a petition floating around about a particular TV talk show segment but we don't like to keep you in the dark for too long. So here is our team discussing that. I guess a lot of us, since we have grown kind of in the cross-section between two cultures, may have sort of experienced this before growing up, this 
interesting perspective on Asian food and on Asian culture. So there's recently been this post, a Reddit post that's blew up on the internet. And it's about this guy who's been married to his wife for like 10 years. And he's Asian, his wife's Caucasian. And they've gotten along pretty well with each other's families. And he's been getting along well with his wife's family. But had a feeling that they didn't really like him. So he's like this chef. And he's been working at this high-end Chinese restaurant for years. And he has often been criticized by his father-in-law and sister-in-law, I think, has always been kind of criticizing how he cooks and saying, you should do it this way, you should do it that way. And then suddenly the sister-in-law said something like, okay, that's not the right way of doing things. And he's like saying that she should stop criticizing him because he works at a Chinese restaurant and she laughed saying, you know, making Kung Pao chicken at some Chinese restaurant doesn't count, doesn't make you like a good cook. So they started fighting and I think the fight's still continuing. And it just kind of poses a question, like, does anyone sort of have encountered this kind of perception about Asian food? I think the thing about this post that makes it just that much more annoying is that the sister-in-law is also a French chef that also works at like a high-end place and it's just like are you trying to say that French food is like better than Asian food or like European food's more sophisticated and I'm just like back off I like my my Chinese food yeah exactly I just think both food are good for their own reasons it's kind of strange to compare one as real food than the other like food is just there to help you survive and (laughs) so I I find it like kind of strange that there's this hierarchical nature around it especially when so many of the stuff that is used also in European cooking like the spices are originally from Asia so yeah JP Aaron what are your thoughts oh no man sounds messy (laughs) that's a a messy situation yeah I will say that I found that European cooking in general tends to be a lot more precise with their methods. Like, you know, you know how they measure things all the time, like, you know, three cups of eh, whatever. Right. But then where I live in the Philippines, we just throw stuff in and it just tastes good. Yeah. When, <laughs> yeah. when I cook at home and I am sort of just making sure that to my mom that I put the right amount, she just kind of pours it in. It's like, yeah, that's about enough. Yeah. You know, <laughs> natural talent. Whereas these European chefs, no, no, no offense. <laughs> <laughs> that's true like with baking i i definitely have to try yeah as precise as possible Aaron, your thoughts? It's a lot of things that go in my head right now, but I just want to say, let's just people cook at the ways they are because whatever method works for them is best way they can cook what, like as they want to, to be honest. If it still gets a good result, why criticize the way that it was? Yeah. Yes, I-, no, I was going to say, just ignore like what people are saying. Just ignore like how they ask you to do this and this and this and all that stuff. I just, just say like, goodbye, toodles. <laughs> let me cook the way I like it. And if it works, if it works, if it doesn't work, I might consider it, but I won't. I will try another method. Said if not, I will keep trying to make this cook well as I want it. But Celeste, you mentioned also there's been a petition going around about a certain show segment. Yeah, so it kind of reminds me of if you know James Corden during the Late Late Show, he has this little segment called Spill Your Guts, and it's basically meant to have what they call disgusting food on the table, but usually it's Asian food, such as like balut, is that if that's is that how you call it? Like, balut, yeah, yeah, um, the dead duck. It's like the the duck embryo. <laughs> yeah, 
I mean, if dead duck is what we eat generally, whether yeah. it's an embryo or not. But yeah, so let's continue. Yeah, so they have that on there, and then you've got like celebrities ending up with this food that they have to eat if they don't want to confess something, so they'll eat it, and then they go, oh, it's so disgusting, but it's, like, Baloo is basically a street snack. It's a common thing in the Philippines, I think it is, and it's kind of just, like, people have found it offensive. I also find it offensive, like, just chill out, mate. Just because it's disgusting to you doesn't mean it's disgusting in another culture and stuff. And so um, there is a woman who's been petitioning for just James Corden to just update, spill your guts, or just modify, I guess, the food elements of what is disgusting. Because, like, in my personal opinion, you could have, like, a blended smoothie of just, like, bad ingredients and that could work. (laughs) And it doesn't really take offence to any culture. No, I agree. I I feel like... Growing up, there's always that sort of perception of your food being more gross because of this. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) I I felt like I was lucky growing up because I'm not sure if it's lucky because I ended up not having any lunch. Oh, (laughs) no. Everyone's like, oh, can I have some rice? Can I have some rice? And then all I have is like (laughs) nothing left because everyone (laughs) is wanting some of my lunch, which was flattering. But then I guess it's like not the experience that everyone has and especially I think growing up there's that sort of perception that when someone asks you what are you going to eat and then you explain to them what it is is not going to have the best response so hopefully by changing the discussion or changing the segment might be a good step into the right direction I don't know though I kind of like the idea of seeing people trying out like really weird foods from all over the world and being weirded out because i actually i find quite a lot of joy in seeing that actually i mean now that you say that when i think about vegemite i love taking it overseas and just giving it to people yeah (laughs) you know it's like a schadenfreude to it you know i I think so correct me if i'm wrong the whole issue here is that a lot of it's just banging on asian food in general yeah mostly well from what i've seen i've never seen them have like vegemite on the table but i also don't Mm -hmm. watch the show as much as other people so yeah. i could be wrong there because you know i think it would be quite a loss to see this segment go because i do like the idea of communicating with all these different sorts of cultures you know literally tasting you know what kind of things they have but if it's just asian food i think that would be kind of boring they ought to put in more like food from different cultures like i think <laughs> there's a lot of yeah escargot you know there's a bunch of british food that's super whack like I remember, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I remembered seeing one dish which was like, like, like a black raw pudding? black pudding, s- stuff like that, you know, or like you know raw beef liver and like some weird shepherd's pie, you know, that sort of thing. Basically, I think they should keep that segment in, but they should just diversify in terms of the types of food they bring in. It's good to learn about different cultures, even like really obscure types of foods. You get to learn more. May as well keep it in. That's I feel my like take. it's been the, the most common way people learn about different cultures yeah through the just, food yeah but i don't feel like like you get to food and that's kind of it people mm-hmm. eat chinese food but aren't particularly interested in chinese culture i was trying to think whether it would still work if celebrities or people who go on the show eat a food that's supposedly disgusting and actually likes the food oh i live for that <laughs> <laughs> but i feel like it's not as entertaining because you're like oh okay they like it that's cool and then move on whereas like oh that's absolutely gross uh and then just their reaction, I think, is probably the more entertaining part, but it's the more offensive part as well in this sort of situation. Yeah, it's hard to please everybody <laughs> when it comes to, like, you know, culture and such. But uh, you're better off to keep it than to throw it away. Because I, f- I feel like 
if they cut off that segment, there that kind of connection between cultures and peoples of like different nations is kind of lost at mm. that point. Just needs so, to be yeah. modified a little. Just make it cooler. Have you signed the petition or have any thoughts about Western and Asian cooking? You know, what do you think about this whole superiority argument that's going on? Just let us know on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram at Asian Pop Nation. We'd love to hear your spiel as well. Hey, you're listening to Asian Pop Nation. The first song we played was Tenshitsu Ginuke ni Satorimi's 80 Days. After that was Tesseract by Six. And the last song we played was Claudia Tan and Irwin and Fires. Nice guy. Because something that a particular US-based production company thought would be nice to do is create a TV show based on the popular Facebook group Subtle Asian Traits. But this has stirred a bit of controversy, but let's hear what the team has to say about this. So, do you guys follow subtle Asian traits on Facebook? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think yeah. I'm kind yeah. of addicted. Yeah, it's <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, the only reason I'm on Facebook now. It's just yeah, honestly, it's <laughs> yeah, it's just a meme machine, right? Well, apparently, did you know uh, a U.S.-based production is actually making a TV series based on this Facebook group? Oh, yeah. why? I I don't know. <laughs> I have no idea why they're doing it. For people that don't know what subtle Asian traits is, it's basically this Facebook group. It's just Asian memes. What do we have there? We have memes about bubble tea, Asian parents being straight, doho, rice, what else? <laughs> I think there's a lot of, for some reason, keyboards of Asian themes lately, keyboards. like computer keyboards. Yeah. Like I've seen a lot of bachong oh, right. computer th- keyboards. And like people doing little art projects and baking cakes and the theme of some Asian pop culture references. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But mostly memes, right? Yeah, to be honest. <laughs> yeah. I've seen a lot memes. of like those family memes lately, you know, Fast and the Furious, Vin Diesel. It's like there's nothing stronger than family. And then <laughs> I'm not sure about it. <laughs> yeah, Very I've been true. seeing that a lot. Yeah. For our listeners that didn't know what Solation Traits is, that's basically what it is. In terms of its history, I believe it was started by eight Melbourne students sometime do you, do you know exactly when they started this up high school because they went to chinese school on the weekends and oh. they made it out of frustration from going to the chinese school wow really? <laughs> yeah judgment. that that in itself would make a good story you know <laughs> yeah but That's anyway maybe what they're gonna adapt who knows yeah, who knows? Well, here's the thing. In terms of the actual contents of the show, we don't know what it's going to be about. All we know is that Subtle Traits, they made a post and, you know, articles and journals everywhere. They've already announced that they're going to be making a show about Subtle Traits. And everyone's uh, a little confused. We don't know what's going on. Uh, but there also has been some criticism regarding Subtle Traits. I don't know. Is this criticism aimed towards the tv show or the group itself the group i think it was like some comments i saw on their announcement in the facebook group Mm, and a few people were a bit mm, hesitant about whether this series is going to be accurate or not yeah and i think there's also a lot of criticisms about the group itself Well, in terms of that criticism, what it's mostly about is that a lot of the content and a lot of insulation traits is very much geared towards East Asian. So there's not a lot of representation in terms of Southeast Asian culture and Central Asian culture. And a lot of people are worried about whether or not these will have implications on the actual 
contents of the TV show itself. So, I mean, is anyone else here worried about that sort of thing? A little, because I know that a few people were like saying that the reason why subtle curry traits was became like a group is because there oh, wasn't really much traits. Indian. Oh, it's like um, more Indian, like South Asian oh, related see, memes and yeah, a lot of like Bollywood references <laughs> <laughs> as well in the from what I've seen in the group. So mm. I think the reason why that Facebook group was created was because they didn't really feel like subtle Asian traits was representing them. But who knows, perhaps other groups of subtle something traits might end up taking off and there'd be a TV series for them but wow. yeah i can the kind of understand split. yeah <laughs> wow my goodness yeah but i can kind of understand why people are hesitant but we'll see as more news comes about it whether there might be a good chance that we'll see a diverse range of stories but too much is in the dark at the moment i guess like like i'm intrigued for sure but i'm just kind of worried that <laughs> they're just like because as JP just said, like, Salt Asian Traits is largely like a meme machine. If meme I machine. Quote. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> if I quote, like, what he said. And I'm just worried that the show itself, they would just, I don't know, they're trying to use memes in the show, but then by the time it airs on, like, whatever platform, it becomes, like, way too outdated. And it's just cringe. Just, it's just cringe, exactly. Yeah, it's and just cringe just, at that point. People just be like, oh, my God, like, <laughs> oh, cringe, my... <laughs> But I'm shaking. Wow. It's just, it's just, yeah, I guess that's like one of my biggest concerns. And of course, especially like the rep, because when I do scroll through Facebook, there are a lot of subgroup genres. There's like subtle Malaysian traits. And oh, like, really? Yeah, yeah. And all that stuff, which, which I'm in. Haha. <laughs> but <laughs> there's also a subtle Filipino traits, JP. You should join that group. Oh, really? Oh, I can just imagine the chaos already. Uh, I can't understand most of it, but I'm like, you're focused on culture, and I'm like, I'm in subtle Asian eights because food. (laughs) (laughs) I should join that one as well. Yeah. Yeah. Goodness. Are you excited for the show, Celeste? Are you? Uh, I don't know. Like, (laughs) unless they have a teaser out, I can't put an opinion on it because I don't know what it's going to be about. But I'd imagine maybe they'd do something similar to. I guess fresh off the boat, or what was it, Kim's Convenience? Like, yeah, just follow on certain common Asian things, and then maybe attach it to a trend and mm-hmm. make it funny. I guess I don't know, but yeah. we'll see. I guess. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. I'm sure there's going to be a lot of memes coming out on subtle Asian traits once the TV series airs. <laughs> <laughs> It'll just be all about that. But yeah. It'll depend on whether or not the show actually looks good as well. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, if it's going to be bad, like, oh, the chaos that will ensue. I cannot wait. If you're excited or not excited for the up-and-coming Soul Asian Traits TV show, let us know on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. We want the discussion. Yes, We let's want go. you. We want you. This is Asian Pop Nation. I am your EP, Senya. The first song we played in that trio of songs was Joe Crook's Feet Don't Fail Me Now. After that was KPKB's 2021 Part 5 by Namui. And the last song we played was Rustaj and Top Fam Cure's Blood because someone that has got a bit of blood on their hands is the manga character Golgo13. And they have just recently broke a Guinness World Record. Want to find out what that is? Well, tune in now. 
So recently, a Guinness World Record was broken. This manga called Gogo Thirteen has recently achieved the most volumes published for a single series as of July fifth, when its two hundred first compiled book volume got shipped in Japan. So that was pretty cool. This manga, Golgo Thirteen, it's about a legendary hitman. It's a serious-looking guy with a sniper rifle, and he gets paid to kill. That's him, and he like never talks. And whenever he does talk, it's like a really cool one-liner, and all the ladies love him. That's the sort of character he is. Very stoic sort of guy. Believe it or not, this manga started in 1968, and it literally has not stopped since then. So,、uh, I'm、yeah. just trying to do、That's... the maths. How old is that? <laughs> really old, like sixty-one. Sixty-one years old. Sixty. Oh, why can't I do math? Sixty-three. Sixty-three. Well, Asians, we can't do math. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> 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 that we found because <laughs> and doctors. <laughs> yeah, that's that's what the show is. <laughs> All right, I use the calculator for this. It says fifty-three. Fifty-three、oh, years. Okay. Yes. Oh my god. <laughs> Dude, my dad is around that age. Like, oh my god. Oh, I、yeah. should just use my parents as a mark. Okay, yes. Yeah. <laughs> Let me just like contemplate why I <laughs> failed maths and do continue. Yeah, but basically, this manga is pretty sick. Really long running, lots of volumes, lots of chapters, and so that kind of、uh, it begs the question: Is there any story or any Asian related thing that you'd want to see like break any? Guinness World Record. Like I know, if you wanted another manga that could potentially, you know, break this record again, you could have One Piece. That's also a very long-running series, and who knows? Maybe one day Golgo Thirteen will end, One Piece will continue, and it'll break another record. That sort of thing. Can One Piece even go for that long? Like, how much <laughs> of the world can you explore? I don't know anything about One Piece, so I think I- it's one of those stories that can go forever. Uh, Literally, yeah, yeah, it's yeah. crazy. It's, I'm surprised that Golgo is longer, but like I've never heard of Golgo. Yes, I have. Yeah, yeah. Neither.、Yeah, it's a very, very old manga. I think even if you look at it now, it looks like it came from the '60s. Like、mm. nothing has changed. So interesting story. Do you know、um, Takao Saito, the guy who draws this? You know what he does to dry up the ink on the paper? I think you mentioned it, but I forgot already. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. What he do? He he'd get his cigar, and then he'd float it over the ink. Like most manga artists today, they'll be like, "Oh, use an air dryer, you know, air dryer, yeah, so cool." But this guy's a badass. Like this guy <laughs> does not care. He'll just use his cigar. I don't、That's、know. That's like just... rustic, you know, like yeah, a noir he's a, film. He's he's a like、I'm、just sitting him in the dark, just drawing manga. Well, literally, that's what he looks like. <laughs> I'm not joking. If you search up on YouTube this guy's name and this documentary called Manben, they did. A whole episode recording his drawing process and what he does. He literally looks like what you described. Very, yeah, rusty. I just imagine him existing only in black and white, like what yeah, the, yeah. The Spider Noir <laughs> <No> . from <laughs> Into the Spider Verse. Yeah, yeah, that sort of thing. I mean, any ideas for like breaking a world record? Though I would just really like a romance manga. Oh my god! The Guinness World Record because it's always、oh、like some、god. kind of drama, like action or some shonen, like something very like masculine. And I want like something really light and fluffy to be like we all、something、love、soft. this. Everyone just kind of like embrace the soft side. Yeah, the Guinness I think World be a good day. The Guinness World Record for the most fluffiest shojo. Yeah, like the most, like similar to this, like most volumes published, like Guinness World Record for best-selling 
manga series would be awesome. I, we know I, the world's in a good place if that happens. That's true. I'd want to see um, most heart palpitations caused. How cute <laughs> most doki dokis. You know? Yeah, most doki dokis. <laughs> I mean, do you have any series in mind that might break this record? I don't know. Because oh, I feel like whenever I think of a romance, I know that there's a lot of issues with it. I know that people, it's like everyone has a different idea of what makes a romance good. So aye, aye. we just need to find that universal sort of element. We'll f- crack that formula soon. Wow. Yeah. Celeste, Leisha, any stories in mind? It doesn't even have to be manga. It could be a TV show or anything. Oh, I don't know. The only thing that I think that will break the record in the future is Pokemon, because Pokemon. that can just keep going. Oh, that's true. Honestly, like... Oh my god, no. I can't think of maybe a romance one as well. But then I'm like, if a romance goes for that long and majority of it, it's just like, uh, like, we're pining. It's the, uh, it's the pining and you're just waiting yeah. and you're waiting for like a thousand. It's like, what, chapter like 1,500 and they're still like, haven't said I like you yet. I might, I might be <laughs> I think I'd be fine if it's like, maybe each arc is a different love story. Oh. But they all like yeah. come together in the end. Oh. Okay. Or even just like from birth to like, like a family generation. tree. Like, yeah. Yeah. Oh my God. Dude, that's what I was thinking. Oh, oh my goodness. Get her in the manga studio right now. Jeez. <laughs> all right, Zania, you want to start up something? I can draw. You can write sure, something. I can think of some kind of multi-generational romance that yeah cool. oh my god I-, I could draw this until i'm 80 years old and then i could have my son or daughter carry it on <laughs> yeah now. the manga series ends up being also a multi-generational yeah <laughs> oh dude oh, passing on the that. family business and then yeah. the family tree just gets bigger and bigger. Okay, listen, we're gonna we're gonna have to discuss this later. This is like a lot of future planning. <laughs> yeah, a lot of future planning, but I think it could work. <laughs> it could work. Let's break that record. But if you have any if you have any ideas for breaking the Guinness World Record, let us know on Twitter, Instagram, on Facebook. Yes, give us those ideas. Let's break some records. Woo! Hey, you're listening to Asian Pop Nation. Thanks for tuning in. The first song we played in that triple threat was Teardrop by SF9. After that was Passive Nature and Lexi Liu's Carousel. And the last song we played was Day 6, Even of Days, Right Through Me. Because something that sees right through the heart of migrant communities is this latest musical hit called In the Heights, which has been adapted from the stage to a film. Now, we're here to talk a little bit about it with Celeste, who recently saw the movie, and to share some of our thoughts about this awesome musical. Okay, a new musical. Oh, it's not really new. The film version of a musical has been dropped. It's called In the Heights. It's in cinemas right now. Um, I don't know if anyone knows anything about it, but it's a musical by Lin-Manuel Miranda. And the reason why we're talking about it is because it's directed by John M. Chu, who is our fellow Asian who has also directed, what was it? Crazy Rich Asians? Yeah, Crazy Rich Asians. That's the one. I always forget. Oh, the same guy? Yeah, yeah, same guy. But yeah, for those of you who don't know the story, it follows this neighborhood in Washington Heights with a community that's predominantly Dominican. And it runs across three days. And yeah, it just follows the stories of all these people looking to achieve their dreams and yeah so you've got like complex stuff like family owning this little bodega or like a convenience store sort of thing and you got like 
another family whose dad owns like this business and is trying to support his daughter who goes to like this fancy university or college in American. Um, wow. And <laughs> it's basically, it just, it kind of reminds me of like migrant stories that just bear similarities to Asian stories. And yeah, so. Really? Wow. It yeah. sounds like a feel good movie. Definitely. It is. And oh. like the music that comes through, you're just like, oh, <laughs> emotions. <laughs> Yeah. To be honest, I was kind of skeptical at first because In the Heights is obviously very like Latinx centric. So having someone of Asian descent directed, I was like, oh, would have been a better chance to get someone of South American descent to kind of direct this film. But then I think they released like eight minutes of the film yeah. beginning on YouTube and I watched it and I was like, I'm sold. I'm definitely going to watch this Because <laughs> <laughs> I think it's just like this nice mix of both like a realistic story, like of these people's struggles, but it's so fantastical. It just makes you feel like both the magic of musicals, but also just like these people's senseless like optimism. Like even when they're pushed down, they still find a way to bring their community closer together. So I think that was pretty cool. But I haven't seen it. I haven't seen the musical yet, but I just like, I'm so excited to eventually watch it. Do you have a favorite song, Celeste? To be honest, I haven't actually looked up the song title. <laughs> sing it first, sing it. Sing it. Oh, <laughs> karaoke festival. I don't even remember how the songs go, but I remember there's this one part where they're singing about, because the power goes out in one oh. area, so it's called the blackout. And it's so- talking about feeling powerless and stuff. And I'm like, that has so many, it means like so many different things which is like them as a community under what they live in in america as a whole and it's like white centric and like the power that comes into that because um they also pulled in things such as being undocumented and stuff like that and like living within america and being a person who's undocumented so it's just like pulls that oh, like dude, tears sort of it's like a blackout and it's dark yeah so is it just called blackout cool. it's and then look at the fireworks, the fireworks yeah that's pretty much fireworks. it oh. <laughs> that's really good i think in the musical it was like the song just before the first act ended so everyone in the theater is like did we actually have a blackout <laughs> what is wow. yeah so uh, that's a good one that's a good choice Alicia, JP, have you heard much about the musical before? I've As Celeste never sold, heard you of this. <laughs> I've never heard of it, but I think I am sold now. So I might go and watch it. Alicia, have you heard of this beforehand? Um, I have. haven't watched it yet, but I mainly heard about it because of Lin-Manuel Miranda. He's pretty much composed a lot of very iconic soundtracks for musicals like Hamilton. Yeah. 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 <laughs> And that's like, I guess, the one that I watched the most. I quite enjoyed Hamilton. And yeah, I've been eyeing to watch this. And now you guys have reminded me that like, I need to watch it ASAP. <laughs> but yeah. yeah. And I've heard one song, but it was like only like a six second clip of it because it's been circling around the internet, but it's more like a meme for it. So yeah. What is this? Uh, what's the song? Do you know how the meme goes? Kind of way. I, I know one part of it, but it's kind of inappropriate. <laughs> <laughs> I just know there's like a guy and a girl, and they're they're seeing this one part together. And I just yeah, but leave it leave it to your imagination. <laughs> can you type in the line that you can think of in the chat, and I'll see if I can piece together where it was from, or maybe oh, Celeste might know. Okay. This was like, don't make me laugh. <laughs> <laughs> You've been shaking your ass for a couple of nights, and I'm like, <laughs> and I'm 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, that, yeah that comes back to me. That's a good scene. Yeah. <laughs> oh. I'm, so, I'm so sad. I'm like, I don't know the scene context. I just see the memes around it. And I'm like, okay, <laughs> what, what is going on well, here? It's interesting because that wasn't actually in the musical. So they've added it to the oh. film. Oh, that was an added one. Yeah. Oh. So I thought that was cool. Yeah. <laughs> it's clever lines. So I think Lin-Manuel Miranda is pretty good at spitting some pretty good rhymes. Mm. Yeah. All right. So if you're interested in watching In the Heights, let us know on facebook.com forward slash Asian Pop Nation or on Twitter and Instagram at Asian Pop Nation. And let us know if you love musicals. <laughs> Yay. You're tuning into Asian Pop Nation here on Sin. The songs you just heard was In the Heights from In the Heights the latest hit musical film. After that was In My Toes by Kimberly Chen. And the last song we played in that row was Epic High featuring Cold's Rain Song because we're now about to go into a song, I suppose. But it's actually a traditional Japanese form of song or verse called a tanka. So we've been going through this for a while now. We're going to summarize some of the discussions from this week and some events that happened to some of our members and to the world at large in a form of a tanka. So tanka follows a 57577 syllable pattern. So here goes. <clears throat> Celeste sees the heights. Golgo breaks a world record. Asian rep at Cannes. Sat gets a series. And why bag Asian cooking? So we'd love to hear some of your haikus, tankas, traditional Asian poetry and verses on our social media. Just message us at Asian Pop Nation. We're on Facebook, Instagram and Twitter. So you can find us there. Right now we're going to jump into another song because we probably now want to run away from my horrible poetry. And that's why we're going to play Tanya Chua's Chuzol or Runaway here in Asian Pop Nation on Sin. <laughs> Hey, this is Asian Pop Nation. I'm your executive producer, Senya. You just heard or 27 Years Old by Hui Jiale Oh. For that was Baby by Dong Gurizu. And the last song, and the song we played at the very beginning was Chuzou or Runaway by Tanya Chua. And you've reached the end of our show here tonight on Asian Pop Nation. Thanks so much for tuning in. We always love your support. If you'd like, you can send us some love and feedback on our social media pages. We're on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Just search up Asian Pop Nation and you'll find us there with our yellow logo and if you miss out on any of our awesome discussions tonight you can also check them out wherever you stream your podcast because guess what we have our own podcast so check us out there just by searching again asian pop nation and please do tune in again next time at 8 p.m on tuesday next week for some more awesome asian pop culture and music discussions but on behalf of the team of ben celeste jp alicia and myself senya Thanks for tuning in, and until next time, this is Senya signing off.